First things first, I'ma say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. Oh, <laughs> you've been practicing? No, not really. <laughs> Everybody's a little nervous at first to get started on the yeah. show and do this. And now that we've got cameras going on, everyone's just got to go karaoke style, which I love. Nice. Good nice. to see you, man. I haven't seen you in a bit, Good huh? Good to see you. Good How's to everything? See you. Good? Everything has been great. Been busy? Thank God, can't yeah, complain. Yeah. yeah, but I want to see say three things before we Go start. Go ahead, shoot. First of all, um, thank you for having me. You're it welcome. Is an honor. Thank you for being on the show. It's an honor for me to be here. And the second, I would like to thank you for all things that you do Thanks. for construction people. Thanks, it man. is very. Um, um, you speak for your heart, and and I really appreciate it, and I love what you do. And thirdly, I would like to wish you. All success and uh, yeah, I I I love what to, to see you on Instagram. I love to see your face and I love being here. Thank you, Mayor. Honestly, man, I really appreciate you saying that. It's it's great to hear that. I get the messages. I get everybody, and there's a few people that dislike me, but I don't really <laughs> listen to them. But no, I really thank you so much for yeah. saying that because it's uh this has been quite the adventure. You know what I mean? It's just been interesting where we got started. It was next to nothing. And we had one person listening and then 10 people. And then it grew and grew and grew. And now a lot of people want to be on the show. And, and what I get from a lot of people that listen to the show is they're very respectful of you trades, including myself and everybody that's been on the show, sharing. Just mm -hmm. sharing what exactly. they've gone through, what they've learned, and what they contribute and what they give back to the industry, and educating and inspiring the next generation. Next generation. So I, I love that. I totally love that. Exactly. So thank you, honestly. And and I got to thank you. Thank you so much for the... No you always put a smile on my face if you if you give me a bottle of wine and <laughs> coffee. Like coffee. Be, and I can't wait to try that. I, I, yes, thank you so much, that, man. I really sure. appreciate that. My pleasure. So, my so we've got... Okay, we got... I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mahir, how do we pronounce the last name? Koshkerian. Koshkerian. Oh, it's not too bad. Koshkerian. Koshkerian. Yeah, okay, you got it. Yeah, no. So what's your background exactly? Okay, I am Armenian, born and raised in Syria. Okay. Moved to Canada how 2015. Oh, so relatively new. Yes. Yes. I have plenty of respect for anybody that's an immigrant that comes in this country and, and leaves and then starts a new life here. That's that's a huge that's a huge thing, right? My yes. parents did it back in the 70s, and now a lot of people are doing it now. It adds to Canada. Canada, that's what we're all about, which is we'll open arms for everybody that come into the country, right? Exactly. So, Land of opportunities. It's great. So <laughs> Triple M Electric, you're the president. You've been doing on your own for three years now. Yes. Uh, everybody, you go to his website. It's triple, or sorry, triple W, triple M Electric, and it's .ca. Correct. And then on the email. Excuse my handwriting there. No, no, no. I see it. I see it. And email is mr, or sorry, mher at triple m electric dot ca. Correct. And on IG, it's triple m electric. Correct. <sighs> All right. So I actually want to do a couple of shout outs. First up is Phil. Thank you for the Miami heavy duty t-shirt it's one of the first that he's created because he was recently on the show and it's actually a comfy tee and i love it and then also i got gary Mayer's logo on the sign there because gary's been a huge influence for me and uh and for the show and he's been on the show several times and you're gonna you'll join that club too i guarantee you nice. i think gary's been on five times or something nice. and he'll continue coming on right um and then uh that's it i, I want to get started with the show and i want to figure out why electric why you started in electric and how that that kind of uphill career choice was like oh career choice <laughs> that's, a, that's it's not a, a job here it's not it, a job it is it is not a job i agree with you um it's it's kind of odd for me <clears throat> since i came to canada in 2015 
Um, my, I used to work as a telecom um, telecom technician on yeah. towers, going on towers, uh, working for companies like Roger and Bell in Lebanon. Um, I did that for a year and a half. Um, and then when we moved, it was on February. Coming to Canada. Coming come to Canada, February 17, 2015. <laughs> the coldest month of the year. Exactly. Um, so when I came, it was on Wednesday. I started working on Monday. I found my first job on Kijiji, actually. You just looked through? and Looked through. I just found something and I just applied and the guy responded. And then next thing I know, I started on Monday. Can I ask what the advert was? Like, what was he asking for? Uh, he was asking for telecom technician. That's it. Okay. That's it. So, so you I, already knew that. I, I, I knew how to go on towers and work on those um, equipments, right? So I contacted him and then he um, interviewed me. Um, keep in mind, my English at back then was very, like, almost zero. Um, I could barely speak it. I can understand a bit, but I could say only good morning, how are you, and have a good day, and that's it. So I went I wish there. a lot of trades would just know that much. <laughs> just leave it at that, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, I went there, and I, um, I spoke with him in an interview, so I started working. Uh, and then... Two months later, I got fired. Two months later? <laughs> so you were there for two months, doing two great months. work for two months? And then, exactly. And then he fires you? Um, so what happened is our background from um, Lebanon, it wasn't a lot of safety involved in the, in the trades. No doubt. We've seen it. I understand um, it. Yeah. Um, so I had a couple, um, what's it called? Um, close calls. Close calls that, oh, you have to wear your hard hat, this and that. So... I got fired because of safety reasons. Got it. And then... Um, just I, for the record, just uh -huh. for the record, there's a lot of GCs and a lot of other trades that don't always put the lid on. And we all know it's a $250 yeah. fine. And I guess like speeding, you got to get caught. Uh, exactly. To, get to learn, yeah. Yeah, right? So, okay. Exactly. So, um, I went on other jobs. I had some uh, manufacturing jobs that I did which it's not for me, it's not my for, uh, for my personality. So I started looking up on the internet, uh, what can I do, what can I do, what can I do? And I came across with electricals, which sparked me, actually. And then um, after I started, a year and two years, I, I remember my grandfather was to be, uh, used to be an electrician in, in back home. He was a linesman. Okay. So, and then... My grandma reminded me of it. I'm like, wow, maybe it's in my blood. <laughs> all his life, he was a linesman? He was an electrician? Yes, all okay. his life. All he, right. he broke his knees. He fell down on a, from the pole and stuff. So, um, yeah, he was a linesman, and he, um, uh, he passed away a long time ago, actually. But uh, that inspired me more to continue the, down the road. And actually, I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. You it, gravitated to it really well? I um, actually, um, to be honest with you, I, I lied for my first job that I got that well, I have an experience from back home. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a lie. It's just you have to prove the truth. That's all it is. Exactly. Yeah. So um, first thing, uh, first day I got the job, I, I told my boss that I have experience from back home, which I had nothing. I know nothing about electrical. So every day I go home, I pull up YouTube. I learn some stuff and I go and I ask the supervisor, I say, oh, how do you do this in Canada? Because back home is a different style. 
But I guess they knew that I was lying. <laughs> but my, the boss said at that time, he's like, I'm keeping you. I know you're lying, but I'm keeping you because you're smart. You're learning fast. I like you, your, your work ethic and this and that. So that's why I'm keeping you in the company. I said, thank you very much for the opportunity. And then from there, I moved from electrical company to another. I worked three jobs at a time. And then next thing I know, I opened up my own. So, yeah. You got all your apprentice hours and you, you kind of did all exactly. that whole thing? Exactly. I did I did that. And then I also um, brought experience from back home for 2,000 hours, I believe, which they gave me a hard time a little bit. To did they pay. allow that? Um, they do allow experience from back home. However, it's always hard to uh, prove that you actually did, did electrical stuff okay. back home. Um, th that's why they always encourage to go from um, zero. So, but I, I, I worked hard. I said, give me, I want to challenge the exam. Just give me, give me the opportunity. Uh, like I want to move fast. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So they gave me the opportunity and I proved it. I failed the first time and I got it in the second time. Um, so, um, from then I waited three more years. Then I applied for master's and I got my master's license and then, yeah. I opened up my own. It's a lot of work, eh, for you guys, like the electricians and also the plumbers and the HVAC. It's a lot of prep work just to basically prove I'm good at what I do. Exactly. Like exactly. there isn't many, many trades out there that has to, has to go through all the bells and whistles that you guys have to go through. Exactly. And also for especially immigrants like me, it's always hard to understand the English on yeah, the code book. Yeah. Um, it's like... It's like um, very high level of English and you have to like I know the code on the field but I don't know how to find it or how to uh, understand the code from the code listen all of us that actually speak English and read English and write <laughs> English still have that same problem I'm just saying okay so don't worry that it's not you and it's not where you came from no, but no, I agree I, with yeah. you it would almost be nice like I would love Canada to have a bit larger open arms and maybe have different translations of the book. So uh, you can at least practice with the English and your language and put them together. But that might open up a whole can of worms where it's like exactly. you do one, you're going to have to do all well, of them. And then now there's going to be so many different. And I also kind of disagree on that because we as immigrants, we have to come and adapt. To here, for to sure. Here. We, don't, we don't expect the government to adapt, adapt on us, right? But in all fairness, there's a lot of better techniques electrical speaking mm -hmm. not here outside of canada right so i see the way the irish and you know uk the way they do their like they have the hubs right so everything goes to one source instead of mm -hmm. having to go to every single plug or switch or something like that and i i think those sometimes are smarter ways of actually running electrical so there's different ways but of course we, there we, is yeah, we but some some ways are safer than the others yeah however from uh from my back home was what i uh, remember we used to take the neutral off of the um faucets like the copper faucets we used to just, just oh, to really, run it yeah? yeah just it's very dangerous yeah, way of doing it i was it. just about to say <laughs> yeah so sometimes when you have cuts on your fingers and you're washing your hands you just feel the a little, little jolt zap. yeah <laughs> So don't do that. <laughs> no, no, and that's a standard there. That's the it, way. It's not a standard. It's just um, it's some a cheat. It's a cheat. Yeah. Okay, it's a cheat. It's yeah. a cheat. <laughs> but I guess you just live with the little. Yeah, just you know. That's why I'm not an electrician. I don't. I don't <laughs> like that. I can't see where the pain is coming from. The pain just shows up. 
Yeah, uh, that's it, it magically just but, shows up. And, and the thing is, you don't see it. You don't see the electric. You feel it. You feel it definitely. <laughs> you feel it. How was it taking that last exam for the masters? Was that intimidating for you? Um, it, it kind of um on the being a couple of years on the trade, you kind of confidence. You feel you build your confidence, and you if you read the code book over and over and over again, you kind of understand the guy who wrote it and then you understand how he thinks and then you have the more understanding of um code book and then it gets easier by the time but again it's you have to do it over and over and over like everything else right? of course it's just yeah. repetition how exactly. was your all good experiences with esa and expect and inspectors and everything like that everything fine or are they like i don't know how Okay, I, I always had, um, mostly have good experiences with ESA, uh, especially with permits and everything. I guess everybody outside of Canada, Electrical Safety Authority, I don't know what it's like in the U.S. or what it's like. We didn't have ESA back home. We, okay. didn't, we didn't have an authority, uh, authority body to govern. No one had licenses, whoever. Oh, this guy in, in the neighbor, he knows some stuff. He goes and... Hire him. Exactly. Okay. And then he go blows everything up. <laughs> so, um, so here... In the, with the ESA, with the safety and everything. So um, I had good experiences. I had only one bad experience, I would say, which um, I, I, I get it. But he was like, the inspector was angry. He yeah. just showed up on site angry? Angry. And he's yelling. You know? So was he coming from another site that maybe wasn't? I have no idea how it was. Okay. Um, he was giving us hard time that I had to go to his supervisor and complain about him to to be nice like was it just personality wise like yeah okay yeah. he was like oh you don't know what you're doing we're not here to teach you what you're doing I'm like okay relax we're here to work yeah. and get this job done you know yeah. what I mean um, if there's something if you want to fail me fail me yeah. and I will fix it but you don't have to give me an attitude about it uh, anyway, and uh, he failed me a couple times, you know, um, for small staple, you know, that I missed. And so little things that most inspectors overlook, they're overlook. not critical. It, it, it's it's let's say every four or five feet you have to support the wires, right? That's the code. Me personally, mm -hmm. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't like that because I like the freedom. I love electricians that leave a loop right at the box. Exactly. That's because I, mean. I like the freedom that if I have to move, move that it, box you have six flat. inches of it, this I can do it. And it's kind of sometimes I see certain electricians just peg it way too many times. Like they'll go over the top every two feet or something like that. And now yeah. you're fighting to try to. What if there's a change? This is construction. Clients change all the time. I want that receptacle moved there. If you're doing Wayne Scott in, you want to plant receptacles or fix or anything like that in a certain area, you want to have that freedom to move without having to contact you to move, move it. Move it, exactly. Right? So it's just, okay, so I get it. Every four feet, you're supposed to have that. Yes. Um, so I, I always keep my apprentice handy when an inspector comes. I say, take a bunch of staples with a hammer. Just whatever he's looking at, go just... Hammer is the, he says he didn't even let me to do that. He's like, oh, I saw it. Uh, I don't call the inspection if you're not ready for inspection. I saw it. I'm like, what's the big deal? He can just staple it while we're talking, right? Yeah. 
He's like, uh, no, he, he failed me on that. So, I, like, I felt, you know, like, he's doing, he has some so intentions was, towards me, you know so, what I mean? So it was personal at that point, but you got failed because there was a lack of staples, and not a dramatic lack of staples, it was just a lack of staples in one or some. One or two areas. That's it. That's it. That was the reason for you not know, passing it. You, you know how um, sometimes in a basement, especially the studs, we, like, it's not touching the concrete. And you have every run, right to, to run, run it. But you have to staple it. You, or you can zip tie it zip and then screw it and hold exactly. it. Yes, totally. One or two points, we missed it because the insulation, it was almost holding the wire yeah. against the wood. It's not like um, dangling, yeah. right? So, because, you know, we're rushing, we're working, we're doing this and that, we missed a couple of spots, right? So, he... I don't know how he saw it. First thing he walked in, he saw those. It goes right to there. <laughs> it goes right to there. I think what, what I've spoken to so many inspectors are cold consultants. Mm -hmm. They walk on site. They're doing their pleasantries. So they're saying hello or whatever. Or this particular guy maybe wasn't even doing that. He was just angry. But they come in and peripherally in the corner of their eyes, they're looking at, I need to find one thing that I can mm -hmm. kind of dig at. Yeah. So maybe he walked in and he saw that and he was like, okay, well, this is going to be the red flag that I'm going to bring up and this is what I'm going to... Because I, I think they go in there not wanting to give you a perfect pass, like yeah. a perfect 100. Yeah. It has to be 99 or something like that. Exactly. And I'm like, how about we work together? So if we exactly. do miss something, sure, we're, you guys are running through... You've got X amount of receptacles, any switches, exactly, boxes, exactly. So resets, many so many things, right? And you're going through, and then you've got the clients changing. You've got so much going on. Exactly. Then you want to call for the inspection, and then you guys have to get that window of inspection. So you could either go. Eight we don't have four. much time. Exactly, yeah. So it's like you inspection. sit around. So you may, it's possible, miss one little thing, but that's not a dangerous thing to regarding clipping. Like yeah. A staples. It's, that's not a dangerous thing. It's not. It's not like your your your. Let's say. Um, gauge of the wire, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. like the gauge of the um, breaker, this and that is staples. Once it's behind the walls, it's behind the walls. Were you um, nervous to go to the su supervisor? I was. I was. I didn't know because uh, it might affect uh, negatively yeah. on a job. Yeah. I said I had no other choice because uh, we had to get moving and everyone was actually waiting on me. Uh, to get the inspection passed. Um, so I, I called his supervisor, and, and next time he showed up on the job site, he was happy. He passed me without even looking, going into the site. I'm like, what happened? What, what did happened? you, can I ask what you said to the supervisor? You just basically explained. I said, I, I don't like pulling the immigrant card, but I kind of felt it was personal. You know what I mean? Got it. I kind of felt it was personal because I, I gave him all the options to fix it and working together to get the job done. And he was he was just blocking me every every way I give him um, of fixing the issue. He's like, no, no, no. You like, wanted to fix the issue. Of course. You and were willing I, to fix and it. And I like the inspectors to give me um, defects because that's how we learn. Yeah. That's how we learn, right? I, I don't mind getting the defects, but I want to fix them. I don't want to hold on to the job site or the contractor or the client just because he has some uh, personal issues or I have no idea. So 
next time he was very happy very uh very forgiving i guess he he walked in he saw something everything he says everything is perfect 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 he passed and he went on good for you to actually do that because i encourage all young trades and even old trades that have been around like you have the right to do that like do it professionally you have the right to speak up and say listen i'm not being treated fairly here I think that there's something else going on and I think that something should be evaluated. You have every right to do that as a tradesperson. Yeah. They are there as a as a, a a body to oversee us and to, you know, check us, but they're not there to attack us. Right? And also, you know what happened? Because of that, um we had he he gave me like five defects or something. Um So he just added more stuff. Like uh because of the railing wasn't there uh it, it's if it's a construction a site but that's not your responsibility but i get the defect how does that work that's on the site super or the gc or exactly it, it called it, it's called management defect no, some, some, no some hang on because <laughs> from what i understood is that the esa doesn't have the authority to step on the obc or mol they don't have that authority to do that they um, can call behind your back and be a snitch, so to speak, mm -hmm. and go, by the way, pass by this job site, the handrails were not installed properly, and there's possible risk. They can do that if they want to, mm -hmm. but they can't go after you as an electrician uh, regarding that, like a handrail. But he brought it up. He brought it up. I, I, I got it in my record. Uh, really? Yes, uh, that it is a defect. So I, I didn't say nothing about those but five defects for an electrician, it affects your, because we have some sort of a percentage, yeah. right? It affects on your next jobs, yeah. for the next, no, uh, next uh, inspectors that they're gonna visit the site. So um, I had a rough time after that to prove the other inspectors for my other jobs. Because you were now flagged. Flagged, exactly. Um, even one of the inspector, I had a job in Etobicoke, um, he walked in be, before he said anything. What is wrong with your company? Oh, he, he's really? like, you're having so many defects. I'm like, uh, yeah, I had a rough patch. I'm trying to fix it. Um, um, I'm trying to prove that I am worthy <laughs> of passing because this is different inspectors, different area, different inspector. Um, yeah, actually, that inspector, he says, yeah, I understand. Every, every electrical company, so sometimes they have bad employees. They do, you know, they don't know the code very well. They miss stuff here and there. They get defect, and then it affects on the other, other sites and other jobs. He was very understanding. He was like, you know what? I'm not going to even go in. I'm going to pass you. Um, I'm going to give you a break on this. I said, thank you very much. And, yeah but were there any defects on that job site when he was visiting that to inspect it was it everything was fine everything was fine yeah everything okay. was fine um it, it wasn't a big job anyways he was like running a couple of receptacles for office spaces like it was adding three circuits that that was yeah it. yeah so uh, so yeah it, but it's uh, interesting that all of a sudden you got technically blacklisted because yeah. you were getting uh, personally, I guess, attacked by one mm -hmm. and it started and all of a sudden now you had to step up and prove yourself that exactly. you're not a bad electrician. You're not a, a bad exactly. company. Exactly. And then, and then I had to go, you know, for, um, 
for every, every jobs, I had to make sure, like, you know, work double as much to make sure, check double, you know, go one more time. Uh, apprentice calls me, is like, oh, I'm done. Okay, do one more Daughter time. check again, yeah. One more time, yeah. one more time, like triple time. And after he, he's done, I go and check it myself, you know, just to make sure I don't get enough defects. Because, again, it will affect the next one and the next one and the next one. kind of grows. So, Mahir, I mean... How about the cowboys out there? Because you get the electrical companies, I guess the larger ones or the more senior electricians. Mm -hmm. They don't even come by. They call it in and, and they get passed. And it's because of that percentage, actually. Because if, if you have 95% above that your job sites are getting passed, then the inspectors will see your record. We'll see, okay, this guy is doing a good job. He knows his code. He knows his stuff. So they can pass without showing up. So they can go other sites. They can tackle more job sites for that area. And they, you know, they can trust the electricians that doing the job, which I understand. It's a, it's is a that good, a good thing or a bad thing? It is a good thing, I okay. think. All right. it, it's, it's a very good system that helps the electricians, whoever is doing a good job, to... Uh, move the project faster um, so how long does that last though so if you've got such a, a stellar record mm -hmm. and you've got that top your top 95 percent kind of thing mm -hmm. and now they don't even come by anymore they phone in the inspection sometimes and they it. sometimes again it depends on the inspector and again uh, depends on the areas um, so the actual site visit is on the discretion of the inspector based correct. on past history of that past company history. or the in every inspector goes to their um car or vehicle every morning they check uh their um, daily um uh, their log their login they see okay well, i have this i have that oh this guy has a 95 percent. so i'll I know sign him. off on I him i sign off on him the inspector decides on that day if he's going to show up or not and some inspector they're nice enough to send a text message so you can oh so you don't have to wait on them uh some inspectors you have to you know you have to call them or text them or you have to call the um, um the office to know they will email the inspector to find out if he's going to be if he's going to show up or not so it, it it's sometimes community communicating with the inspector is is a hassle because um they they're on they're on the road right they're inspecting other jobs uh if i don't know if he's going to show up let's say from 10 to 11 and i'm there wasting my our time and the company time from eight to four. Yeah. And someone has to pay that. And if you, if you address that to the client, he's not happy about it. He's not happy about, he's going to pay one guy standing there. Literally, literally standing there. Literally standing there, just waiting for the inspector. Yeah. And, and I don't like, um, because some companies, what they do, they don't wait for the inspectors. I, I have my previous companies that I work for, uh, they're like, you know what? We're not going to wait for the inspector. Um, we're just going to pull the permit or, or the inspection day. So the inspector comes in, inspects the job without uh, anyone from that company present. I don't like doing that because... Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, you're allowed to do that. I thought you had to have at least one representative of the job or the company there to walk through with the with the inspector. It's a good practice because you, you, you can actually explain... The inspector, what has done, what you have done, what's the um, 
if it's a Renault, what's existing, what's new, you have to explain what happened and whatnot. Um, however, uh, my previous boss was like, no, I'm not going to babysit him. He can go, he can, if he has some problems, he can call me. Um, I can explain him on the phone. I guess 10 plus years in the industry, it kind of, you know, for us, the new starters were like, oh, we want to, we want to impress the yeah. inspector. We yeah. want to build a record. We want to do this. We want to do that. Just, just to prove maybe over 10, 20 years from now, I will be similar to him. I wouldn't care so much about the inspection. But I can tell you, in the beginning, it's more of, you know, we get nervous when, this, hey, when the inspectors c come by, you know. Um, so but you got to list, you got to figure out um, how much time is being wasted. If you're literally a, a, a man down, a tradesperson down on site waiting for the inspector, it could be eight hours of, of lost productivity, right? Exactly. So now that's eight hours that's taken away from another job. Another job. Now, let's say you do two jobs, three jobs a week. <clears throat> like, that's a lot of time. Exactly. So, and, and we can't do, let's say, let's say if I have a job one and job two, and let's say I finish them both at the same time, uh, I can't do inspection both of them in, in the same day. No, you can't. Because I don't know what time he's going to show up. Um, if I know, let's say, if we have um, some sort of a, um, like, from 10 to 12, right? Okay, I can say, okay, from 10 to 12, or three hours window. I can understand that as well. If there's a three hours window, you, you can at least book another inspection in a day. At least if you know you're wasting one guy, you can waste them on two jobs. Two job sites. Are you getting three-hour windows? I'm hearing most electricians get like eight-hour windows. No, that's that's what I'm suggesting. Yeah. If we get three-hour windows, that would be great because inspectors usually know um, that they've got an idea of what their day is going to be. Exactly. Where they're going to they're going to do a route, right? Exactly. So it's no different. So they're going to, and you just have to figure out where are you in their route. Yes. But yes. wouldn't it be nice if the ESA or the inspector can actually just send out a flash email to let everybody know, here's the opportunity that I'm going to be in your, exactly. on your job site. But exactly. I guess I don't know. That's too much to ask. No, some some and inspectors they do in they the morning. Do. They call. They they text. Oh, they Let's text. say my uh, we estimating that we're going to be there from ten to twelve. But nothing guaranteed. I understand that. Thank you for letting me know. I can uh, schedule my day better. Yes. And then half an hour earlier, some inspector again, they text. They say we're on our, on our way. We're, we're going to show up and then we inspect the job. Again, thank you for letting me know. Um, I guess some, some um, what we need in our trade is better communication between ESA and tradespeople. Because I think what happened, they feel like they are against each other, what, which I disagree. We are both on the same side. There's We're, that stereotype, though. Exactly. It's the same thing with the building inspectors. We're on the same side. We yeah. want to get the job done. Yeah, we and we want to do it in a proper, proper manner. Yes. We yeah. don't want to hide anything. We don't want to hide anything. We're not here to cut corners. We're yeah. not here to do you know, um, unsafe work. Because it will affect us and affect the client. It will affect everyone. Right? So um, that's why I feel like we have to communicate better, you know, in order for us to have better scheduling, better results, better, you know, happier client, 
you know that's important for us you know to have a happy client it's, after it's ever, amazing ever. how much more stuff you have going on outside of the actual inspection you yeah. know like there's so much happening going on and then there's this inspection that can just put the brakes on everything and then also affect your business it does affect, affect the, yeah and then it funny funny how some electricians they um they promote themselves as as oh i know this inspector you know this area is you know i know this inspector he will pass so he will get the job you know what i mean i'm like no <laughs> it <laughs> doesn't work that's, that way that's garbage man that's not a, that's not a truthful statement it, it, it's not definitely yeah. it's not but uh unfortunately some uh trades people do that they'll use it as a sales pitch exactly oh i know this i have it in my pocket this and that this is so you just admit it to bribery is what you said exactly <laughs> yeah it's just it's just nonsense yeah it nonsense. doesn't work that way um so clients doesn't know clients doesn't know and i don't um i don't blame them not knowing because that's not their job that's not their we can tell them anything yeah. they they can believe you know what i mean it is up to us to be transparent with them because it's not nice you're we're not here to lie and hide things and just say, "Oh, we know this guy. We have we have the knowledge. Oh, we we'll take care of you. Don't worry about it." Doesn't work that way. One thing I found very very strange when I first learned about electrical and ESA and inspections was a homeowner can do all their own wiring on their own dwelling. The king of the castle. Yes. Rule. Yes. It still has to get inspected. You still have to pull a permit. You still have to go through the whole process. But that client mm -hmm. can run that wire staple, that do the boxes, do everything. And it's not done the professional way, but it's done, I guess, to the bare minimum of what the code standards are asking for. I still find it really strange that a homeowner is allowed to do that. I don't think that should be allowed. I think it should still be a professional that does it. It is allowed because you're taking the liability of your house. Yes. Right. Um, however, I I find that you know, inspector, if he shows up on a site like, if the homeowner is performing the job, of course he's gonna look into every single detail. You would think. And they do. They do. Yeah. They do. Uh, actually, I came across to jobs like that. I um, I came across to jobs like uh, even they didn't even pull the permit. They did the job. And then um, I guess the neighbor or someone snitched on them. And then he called me. He's like, okay, I did this project. I didn't call the inspection. Now they want, they gave me a letter that if we don't pull a permit, then we will need to either they will take the meter away. It's like, a, yeah, they're very strict. And they're allowed to do that. They they're can of they course, can do that. Of yes. course. Yeah. Uh, so I walked in to the site. I see it's very beautifully done. Like luxury. Um, you can see the tiles. You can see the finishing. It's very beautiful. I thought to myself, if you are spending that much of money, you're just saving couple hundreds the cost of a for for the permit and also um just to i don't know to speed up the process i guess anyway i see you know by code every counter space has to have um 
receptacle, yes. especially if it's a, um, beside the oven and everything. Yes. So I see there's nothing on a countertop receptacle except one, and that is sharing with the fridge. And the back fridge is supposed to be dedicated on dedicated it. on okay, its own, right. and and yes. and. A, uh, countertop has to be dedicated. Dedicated, yeah. yes. Um, you can share if it's a twenty amp circuit. You can share with one extra, but has to be you know um, the minimum has to be two circuits. There are some codes. So uh, I w is sharing with the same circuit, the fridge and the countertop, and the backsplash is is like one of those uh, quartz that goes full like full slap full slap. Okay. And then I have to add some receptacles in order for, and I start to open up some points here and there. Um, I said to see if whoever did it, did it, you know, in a professional manner or he's just sloppy work. I opened up some um, points. I saw like it's a decent work, you know, the guy knew what he was doing. Um, I opened up some pot lights, this and that. I, Start hammering here and there, open up some, you know, cuts on the wall to see if everything was stable, everything was nicely done. After two days of work, actually, we called the uh, marble guy, came and cut, cut out the receptacle spots for us, and then we ran new circuits. Fishing. Fishing and everything. It cost him almost $4,500. So much to more. Fix, yes. To fix that. Um to fix that issue, um, he could have done it with a couple hundred more extra, right? And then from then, that client, he hires me, you know, because I, I tell him, you know, if you want to save here, then you will end up paying much more later. Later. Right? Let's do it proper way. That's 100% So you can true. sleep better at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> But it's so, funny how it's, just, and also clients have a hard time. And this and this is this statement is just for clients that are listening, right? The moment you move one, you want to move one receptacle, one switch, one light fixture. You require a permit. Exactly. That's it. Any, anytime you touch wiring system yes. of the house, yes, you have to have a permit. You have to have a permit, and it's not a difficult. It's much easier than getting a building permit. Right? It is. It is much it is. easier. It is, and it's faster. It's faster too. So it's not that difficult to get the permit. So I don't understand why they want to avoid the permit. The only reason I could think of is maybe because of their MPAC rating. They don't want the assessment of their taxes to realize, okay, well, we upgraded the kitchen and now we have all the proper receptacles and we have 10,000 pot lights now. And so they just increased the value of the house, which means that their taxes are going to go up. Maybe that's the core idea on why homeowners don't want to apply for a permit. I, to be honest with you, I have no knowledge of why yeah, they yeah. would do that. They just do I it. think maybe it's because of emotional, again, it could be uh, some clients that, oh, inspector, or oh, means, you know, they can fail, they can do this, They'll they find worry other things. Other things yeah. and, and then I have to spend much more money. Um, the things that I don't know, like, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of emotional um, for the clients, they don't know what to expect, especially if they bought the house very fairly new, right? They don't know what it is in the house, and um, you go in what you expect to find. And us electricians as well, when we come into a site, if we see something wrong, we're obligated to fix it. Um, um, like one time you, you happening. You have to fix it. So if you, if if you discover it. it. If I discover it, 
And if it's dangerous, it's your responsibility I, it's now. It's my responsibility to fix it. Yes. If I get paid on it or not, it is my responsibility to fix it. The payment can come later. Um, I, I had a situation like that yeah. when I walked into a commercial space. You know, big those um, those big splitters that come in with the 600 volts. Yeah. They go spread to many disconnects and then from there to the panel. Yeah. Um, so I walk into the site. I'm, I'm, my job was replacing one panel, right? Of course, with shut it off, do my thing, call ESA. But before, before I pursue my job, I went to the disconnect spot, like the main electrical spot. I saw the main 600-volt splitter with a lot of holes on them, and the holes like this big. They, whoever ripped out stuff, they never covered those. They never put another filler or. N if a screw goes in there, it's, it will. It's a firework. It, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't even hesitate. That's dangerous. I didn't even hesitate. I know the building was divided by like two units, I think. Mm -hmm. I didn't even hesitate. I just shut it off the main. I shut off the main. Um, building manager comes and the owner comes and the landlord and the tenant and everyone comes. What happened? What happened? I said, I had to shut it down uh, in order for me to fix this. I, now my priority is that. You discovered it, your responsibility. You have to fix it. I have to fix it. And he started yelling at me, the, the client landlord, oh, we're not paying you for, to do this. We're not paying you to do that. I'm like, you want to pay me or you don't want to pay me? I don't care. I want to fix this because it is dangerous. Oh, don't say dangerous in front of my tenants because they get, <laughs> hey, he's afraid of, you know, because the tenants, they're going to fight. Oh, it was dangerous. They'll so question. They'll they bring question. it up. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I said, that's your problem. It is not my problem. It is my problem to fix this. I am an electrician. It is my job. I'm here to fix this. What was the fix, Mayor? What like what was it? You had to just you had to put a cap or a plate or something. Yeah, like some fillers we call oh, fillers. Them. Okay, I, yeah. I caught them fillers, and I like not only that. One of the disconnect was like this, almost no, falling off, really holding on a pipe, wow. on the pipe only. So I had to shut the main thing off and support everything back, make it all nice and neat and clean, cover all the holes was open, and then check everything open them up again, check all the connections and this and that. Uh, because whoever's, I, I guess whoever was going out, the lease was done on everything. They were just ripping stuff out, you know? Yeah. Which, it's not my business. That part is not my business. It's my done. Business, it's done. At that point, it's exactly. done. Exactly. Yeah. Right now, we have to fix this. And then, uh, they call me, okay, how much is going to cost this and that? Okay, I said, you know what? Let's not focus on the cost right now. Let's leave that at next stage. Let's focus on fixing this right now. Let me fix this. Let me finish. And then we call the ESA and whatever and hydro, whatever. We energize this on a safely manner. And then we'll talk. Let's, let's focus on fixing. We did it. We even, I, we were two guys, right? I made one guy working on that panel on the other side. And I was only dedicated to fixing those. Once we're done, we call the ESA, Hydro, whatever. They come. They see, okay, everything is good, good, good. I energize it back. 
everything everything is normal so and everything's safe everything is safe yeah 600 volt is not no joke that, you don't want to mess around with that if you're okay. thinking about those little line the little neutrals coming on no, my that's God. nothing compared to 600 man yeah it's dangerous like that's death Exactly. You know what I mean, and that you don't. Does the building want that? No, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. But yeah. I think they, the building owner, was expecting me to do it in a quiet manner. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, the but somebody owner. left it very loud. <laughs> like I mean, so now you have to fix it. Exactly. That's yeah. just bottom line. That's yeah. how it works. But I guess they're looking at numbers. How long it's going to take? Exactly. Upsetting On tenants. Yeah, it's a business, right? It's a business for but them. But you yeah. can't. Cost of lives and business. Exactly. Like you can't exactly. do that as a, as a tradesperson, especially electrician. You can't do that. Exactly. You can't ignore it. Whoever was the last person, we don't know who that was, but yeah. they did that. It doesn't yeah. mean that you have to do that. Exactly. And you shouldn't do that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And um, dangerous, like in our trade, especially in every trade, people can make mistakes, right? In electricians and electrical field, our mistakes can have dangerous effects, which we all can experience shock and this yeah. and that. It, it, it's normal to have those, but a, when we have to be 100%, 100%. We can't, we can't just you know say, oh, today I'm lazy, I don't want to do anything, <laughs> and not think about the next person. You know, yeah. we, we can't do that. We have to be hundred percent yeah right so i got one question for you because it's it's i think it would be the number one problem mm -hmm. that other tradespeople have about electricians is all the little pieces that are cut and left nearby exposed finished flooring brand new flooring and they leave them there. They don't clean them up or they try to <laughs> sweep them and then they scratch the floor. Oh, and yeah. Now I've seen a lot of electricians learning and they're getting a vacuum and they just suck it all up. Yeah. But then there's the really bad electricians that just leave them all there. Yeah, and then someone steps on it and then you cry a scratch. scratch yeah, and then how do we get every electrician to not like, I can, can somebody like Klein or somebody build a tool that cuts and catches cuts and catches <laughs> i know it's impossible but cuts and catches all these little things well for i don't know for us cleaning is some sort of a you know it has to be personal yes you know? like you have to treat the person's house is like your own like you would not want a scratch to happen on your floor no you're not gonna want to have a messy place in your house right um it's important to clean after yourself. Um, same as important to clean after yourself in your own house. 100%. Right? So. Or your work vehicle. Your work vehicle. I've seen so many work vehicles that, especially at the front. I don't get it. Oh, I man. don't get it. The, the whole drinks, dash. Oh all my. you see is you have this picture of, of a collision, an accident, and then yeah. just rolling over and, and <laughs> cups of Tim Horan. Every, like, it's just flying all cups over. Cups and food. I, I think the best thing you can do is, like, if you have a tradesperson come on site, go to their work field and just take a little peek inside and see what it looks like. If exactly. It, if it looks like a exactly. horror show. Then don't then hire him. Don't hire him or have a word with them. <laughs> yes. And go make yes. sure you're going to clean okay. this, right, that you exactly. do the work. But, I mean, it, it take a little bit of pride, and it's difficult. I know. You're, you're constantly working six days a week. You have long hours, then you keep on adding like this to the truck and this to the truck, and all of a sudden it becomes a mess. But it like you'd be surprised if you clean it up, 
your workday is different. Your mentality is different. Exactly. Every, your mind, everything is different. Exactly. You're actually a better trace person if you have it. If you step out of that clean vehicle instead of stepping out of a dirty vehicle. Exactly. It exactly. totally works. Exactly. So I don't know how to, all I do is I ask. That's all I do is <laughs> I just make sure you clean this up, please. Exactly. Like, as you said, they have to bring it up for the election as a reminder. Yeah. Uh, you, some people, we work fast. We want to get it in and out. You know, they forget. Even the clean ones, they forget sometimes to clean themselves uh, after themselves. And then uh, it's just the client or the co contractor is there to remind them, right? So... And then we don't have to get offended by it. We just have to get in, clean, and get out. You know, I got a little funny story to share. It's, it's related and not related, but I, I went to my favorite chicken place yesterday. <laughs> and there was a big line, and there was a new guy on the line chopping up the chicken to get it all ready. And then he was coming up to my chicken to chop. Uh -huh. And he chops it up fast, and he scoops it up, puts it into the tray, and one little piece of chicken is left. But he closes the container, right? And I see him move my container along, and I'm just staring at the one little piece there. <laughs> and then he sees me staring at it, and I don't even say a word. And he just grabs the piece of chicken, and then opens up the container yeah, and puts it back in. And I think that's what I'm going to start doing now with all the trays. Just look I'm at just going to look at them. That's all. I'm going to look at look them. Look at it. I go, you it. see it, I see it, we all see it. <laughs> Clean it up, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like that a TikToker that does like this. That's, that's <laughs> all it is. That's it. Nothing has to be said. Nothing exactly. has to be said, exactly, man. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk to you a lot about, because uh, you, I would say, had a difficult a more difficult path mm -hmm. to become a master electrician than a typical Canadian here that went to schooling, apprentice, and worked their way. Mm -hmm. How do we educate this younger generation? How do we get them into a, a proper mindset of not these many bad habits and understanding that there's so many things that you have to do to become a master electrician? And it takes time. It's not overnight. So, so your your question is for the uh, young Canadians. Anybody that's interested in getting an electrical and they want to be a tradesperson, how would we um, how would we teach them? How do we start teaching them? Ah, uh, good question. Uh, start teaching them. I guess uh, for me, uh, for my experience, um, just have fun. For me, the main point of me being on the site is not is not about the money it's not about the client it's not about the yes because of the project i like electrical and whatever is for me to be there and have fun i like having fun and from day one i the people they call me oh the guy with the radio whenever i go radio is right by me and i listen to music and i have fun make jokes with people this and that however uh, when when you first start, you're gonna have some some rough paths. Like maybe people will bully you. Maybe people will uh, treat you badly, swear at you, yell at you. It's unfortunately it's common in construction. Um, so what I tell people from my own experience, those are I I look at them not a bad thing. I look at them as a learning experience for me. So. Let's say when, when I first started, 
my supervisor was hiding my lunch bag on a tree, <laughs> you know, just to, to see, record me when I, you know, go looking for it, looking for it and I jump, you know, yes. like, to get it. Yes. I'm like, I saw it. He was, he was just want to record me. Right. So I just grab a stick, you know, yeah. grab my lunch bag. Yeah. And I went, you know, so for me, it, it's okay. I, I'm still great friends with that guy. Yeah. I, I didn't get offended. I didn't get, you know, um, I, I look at it in a learning opportunity. It's fun. It's fun. It's on fun. He, he wants to have fun. Yeah. That's his way of having fun. Whatever. My way of having fun is listening to music, um, having chat with people, you know, um, just dance to know sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. like uh, that's my personality. Just find how... Uh, what's your way of having fun and imply it in daily day-to-day -day job you know if in electrical you can do that no one's gonna say oh why you're singing no one's gonna say why you're having fun you know which is great you know in offices it's it's if you have an office work it's you can't kinda, do it yeah you, you can't yell and dance and you know you'll you be sent to in. hr right exactly, away exactly exactly yeah. we have that opportunity we we are like you know, I, I feel it. We are more free, you know, in our in our day to day work. We can go places, you know, like I, because I had a manufacturing job. Right. I, I felt I felt like a prisoner. You're stuck. At the end of my job, I was even crying every day on a machine doing same thing over and over again for one year and one month. I was. Every day I go to my manager and I say, okay, I'm going to the washroom. If I go too many times to the washroom, manager calls me, oh, you're going too many times to the washroom. I'm like, I have things to do in yeah, the washroom. Yeah, exactly. I'm a human, not a robot, yeah. you know? Um, and eventually I started crying. This is not my, this is not my place. I want to find something else, you know, that suits my personality. Um, so... I feel like electrical is suits 100% my personality. Who you are. Who I am. And yeah. you want to be around other people that have similar, sim but exactly. they're different trades. Exactly. I love that environment. I love having the same kind of mindset, everybody wanting to learn, everybody wanting to achieve, accomplish the work, you know, take pride. Exactly. Everybody. And I don't I don't like grumpy people coming on site. And, and you're right. You were you were totally 100 percent right to do what you did with the inspector showing up that way and and I guess attacking you for lack of a better word. Right. Yeah. Because like I it wasn't have nothing needed. against anyone. It wasn't needed. Yeah. I yeah. have nothing against anyone. And life is too short yeah. to have, um, you know, yell and someone and this and someone and that someone. It's just. Do it, man. You know what I mean? Just get it done. Have fun. Do you try the same thing with the clients? Because electricians are always a part of designer and client mm -hmm. meetings. And it's yeah. it's whatever's the latest trends, what's going on. We yeah. want these lights. Everybody's Applied. bringing commercial lights into it's residential. Yes. And we want to see 15,000 architectural <laughs> design trim kits. Yeah. And we want drywall trim. Like we, like we So you're a part of that whole conversation. It is. It is. But clients don't understand the behind the scenes of all that stuff. There's yeah. a lot of work involved. It, it definitely has, especially with, let's say, Fixtures, yeah. right? Fixtures is uh, sometimes 
clients tell me, okay, uh, I don't know anything about the fixtures. I trust you. You're an electrician. You're the expert. Bring me the fixtures. And if I like them, I'll, I'll install them. I said, okay, I can do that. But I had a time that I supplied the fixtures. I said, okay, I can bring in my fixtures. Um, if you like them, I can install them. He says, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Bring them in. I went there. I brought it in. Uh, fixtures it was architecture design fixtures um i installed them after a month or two he calls me they're too bright <laughs> i'm like we discussed on this and then i showed you even you know uh i have a like a tester you know i plug it in in my van and so then you actually up, showed them showed him how yeah. the light will turn on when it turns on and he's like oh they're too bright um can we can we change them? I say, you know what? What we can do is, because they're dimmable, we can put a dimmer on it. You can dim it down. It's nice and whatever you feel like it, you can whatever mood adjust you're it. In. Yeah, yes. exactly. He says, yeah, great idea. I go in, install the dimmer, I go out after a month. Even if I dim it all the way down, they're still it's too still bright. bright. We don't like those fixtures. We want to replace them. I said... Okay, I can do that, but the fixture cost me like each, I think it was $200, something like that, cost yeah. on me. Okay. So it was like eight, 900 bucks off my pocket. Now I can't re return it because everything is You installed. didn't get them to absorb that cost? I tried, but they didn't want to. It's like, oh, we didn't know and this and that. I'm like. You tested it. You I showed tested, it. I tested it. And he was a long client of mine. Like, he's a good client of mine. I said, you know what? It was my mistake to bring in fixtures. You know, next time, if you want to have fixture, you bring it in. Lesson learned. Yeah, lesson learned. Yeah. Uh, and then from, from there, I try not to provide fixtures, especially the design fixtures, architecture fixture. If it's a pot light, yeah, I tell them this is the standard we use. If you want to have architecture, design, fancy stuff, you provide it. We come and install it, no problem. But anything that you provide, if you don't like it, we have to charge you to come back and replace it. For sure. But again, some some people, I don't know. You know, again, I don't blame the clients. They don't have the knowledge, or or uh, we do. have we have better knowledge of. Let's say you have this office, right? We know we walk in, we know what type of a lighting will suit the best in this space. We we, we have that knowledge. So some people, they want that knowledge. But again, it's a taste. Lighting, it's a taste. So if I have that taste in me, you might have a different taste. You might like pot lights in here. I would say, you know what? Pot lights might not be good in this application. application. But there's, there's a cost associated with that. And I understand it. The clients, you can show them a test. Mm -hmm. You can show them a sample of what the wall is going to look like, the floor is going to look like, the furnishing is going to look like. But until everything's put together you don't know for sure what it's going to feel yeah, like. I like and I understand that. I totally understand that. But if you don't like what it feels like at the end of that, there's a cost associated with that exactly. to change it. Exactly. And, and as long as you understand that that cost, it's, it's no different than I remember the very first time where you had to explain to a client that installing a fixture is an hourly based project. 
because I do not know what fixture you're going to purchase, and I have no idea how many pieces there are attached to that fixture. A million uh, crystals, you have to insane amount. So someone still has to install it, and you then you start having those conversations about oh, the clients will assemble it and put it all together, and then can you just hang it? Doesn't work that way. The frame of the fixture has to be installed, hardwired, connected, finished, and then all of the decorative pieces, so to speak, have to be installed. So if you want to take on that responsibility, then by all means do that. But if that's the kind of client that wants to be associated, then that's not the right client for a, a professional electrician, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, and also, um, like, um, some chandeliers take one hour to install. Some chandeliers, it takes a day. Yeah. With four or, people. Or longer. And a scaffold. And exactly. Uh, yeah, I know. I walked into a job site that a client of mine referred me to, another client. He said, the the entire house is finished. Everywhere is glass. Glass uh, glass railing, grass, wow. everything glass. The walls are from the outside. You see, everywhere is glass. And then they had to install a chandelier right on top on the, um, you know, the stairs, yeah. right? And it's almost impossible way, impossible to get it. Even the scaffolding won't be, you know. So I had to be creative, and I had to create my own scaffolding from a second floor hallway to yeah. hallway and create I some sort it. of. I know. And put a put a big pieces of wood and a plywood and a wood and a plywood to make sure it's safe. And then we went there. We installed the chandelier the chandelier cost was on the client i think it was six thousand dollar chandelier ouch it it took us six hours to install that chandelier and three guys so three guys electricians working on one chandelier so imagine how much of a difference it can be some chandeliers you just open it up unbox it pop it in put it up yeah half an hour you're done yeah it depends. But even those are not just given. They shouldn't be just given. It still takes you a half hour to an hour or whatever to install that. Yeah. And there has to be a cost associated with that. Exactly. And a lot of clients, they don't understand the unboxing it, cleaning it up, taking it, put it in the garbage and this and that. It almost the same time as the installing of the chandelier. Oh, how hard it can be to put a chandelier. Okay. Not only the chandelier. We have to unbox it. We mm-hmm. have to bring it, whatever it is. It mm-hmm. is in your garage. It's outside. We have to go pick it up, whatever. We have to come, unbox it. Then we have to install it and then clean it up, whatever, unwrap it, whatever it is, right? So this also is time-consuming, and someone has to pay for those, right? It, that's just how it works. It's as simple yeah. as that, so I understand it. I mean, what's, what's new in the industry right now? I know that, like, I think personally people are over-lighting. I agree. I agree. Like I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I, I like, like options. Exactly. Sure. But I think yeah. that they're over lighting. I agree. I agree. Um, but the thing is, um, what I tell my clients, it's always to have more than less, right? If you have, let's say, for example, if you have more pot lights, you can put a dimmer on it. And then you can set it as much as you want. Bring it down. But if you if you have, let's say, ten pot lights, and then it's not bright enough, then you have to call in an electrician again. You have to add add and this and call ESA whatever. If it's a um, of adding pot lights, right? So those has to be 
for me, I say, you know what, you do, for avoiding not calling electrician after, just do it a little bit more and see what the end result will be. Because if you see it on the paper, a designer designed you a piece of paper and shows you the they lighting. Drew, yeah, they figured it out. They the figured it game. out. It's, yes. it's, it's not going to be 100%. People, they imagine that is going to be the exact, the end line. Which I, is I love those drawings with the little circles where the lights are <laughs> and then the little loop to the next light exactly. and loop to the next light. Exactly. But this room has never been built. We have no idea how it's going to feel. That loop, how, how uh, long it is. I know. So <laughs> I was like, okay, we it's been it's been built and installed exactly how this was drawn, but it doesn't feel right in the space. And then you got to question it. So that's where the conversation, and you go back to your earlier point of the whole show, I think, is communication. It's exactly. communication with the designer, communication with the homeowner, communication with the ESA. Like it's just communication. Sure, it's easy to draw and plan everything, mm. but it may not be exactly what you're looking for. So you might have to add two or three or whatever, exactly. change exactly. the fixtures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, some people, uh, again, either they blame the electrician uh, or or the designer, the clients say, "Oh, you didn't know." It's almost impossible to know what the end result will be. We have an idea of it but it can't be 100 percent. but um that's why i suggest having more having dimmers or other controls um nowadays we have like so many options with smart um like uh, connectivity, connectivity on the phone it's everything. amazing yeah. technology went um so it is cost again but it will save you if you want to add more later. In the future. Exactly. If you want to add two more pot lights, three more pot lights, the electrician has to come in. Um, again, his travel time, his, his, again, unboxing, boxing, running wires, fishing them because it's harder now, right? Um, it will cost you more than having that technology. Even that technology, you will like to use that yeah. because now you're getting more what you paid for, right? In the future, you're going to have just two more pot lights, three more pot lights, and you're not going to have that technology again, you know. So that's why I say you will have more when you pay now than in the future. You're, in the future, when the old walls are closed, your money is going to be, like, less worth, like a half a less worth. Because, I totally agree. I yeah, totally agree. So. Are, they, are, are you guys seeing a lot of new fixtures that are giving you the option of color temperature now? Yes, actually, that, I love that. Is, you love that? I love that. But I thought most homes wanted to be a warmer tone, anything from 28 or 2900 down Kelvin. Mm -hmm. And then you get into more commercial spaces and you're getting higher up to 5,000, 5, 5, yeah, 5, Kelvin, yeah. right? So, yeah. but it's nice, like you like that option in homes. I've never been a fan of colder temperature lighting. Some people, believe it or not, they like they it. Like it. Yeah. My I personally don't like warm in in the in house, home in house in my house. Okay, so it depends on the house. If it's a modern house, that's where I was gonna. Yeah, exactly. If it's an old and you know, like some has uh, like um, history in it, you would like to have a warmer. If you have pictures on the wall, you want to have pictures. You know, lighting. You want to have warm light. You know, kind of easier on the eyes. Um, but personally, if I want to walk into my house, I want to have a bright 
You know, you want a bright blue cooler. Not blue. I like four thousand. Four thousand. So yeah. you're almost in the middle. I'm in the middle. Yeah. I don't like hospital, uh, <laughs> you know, and I don't like uh, a lot warm, you know, yeah. so, because in that application, the colors you see might be you're seeing them differently. And one and one thing that's really scary that clients and designers need to also understand is that mixing and matching. Yeah, you can have your temperature for all your recess lights. You can have your temperature for all your strip, you know, LED strip lighting, accent lighting, and then you can have your temperature for all your fixtures. Yeah, and if they are slightly off, yes. and you turn everything on when you're using it, you're going Kinda. to oh, you're going to hate it. Exactly. You're going to look at it and you go, "This is not." And oh, it's almost impossible if you have so many lightings in the house. It's almost impossible to match them because every manufacturer's. It's let's slight, say it's slightly 3K, different. Exactly. Yeah. 3K of, let's say, uh, one manufacturer, it doesn't match 3K of other manufacturer, you know, because everyone built it differently. Uh, if it's built in China, it's different. If it's built in Canada, it's different. It's if different. it's built in yeah. Europe, is different, right? So it, it depends. So you have to actually get samples and turn them on to see if the lights will match one another. Uh, that's my approach. I always like to get samples before approaching the project, get samples in, in visualize it and see it, make the client see it first. If he likes it or she likes it, then we'll go ahead and then we'll, we'll move on with the project. But even the samples, it's like, it's challenging because I, I've sometimes have had disagreements with suppliers because they'll have a nice display and they'll yeah. create a nice three-sided box of some sort yeah exactly and i'm um, i'm like that light looks this way in this box but it does not look the same in a job site exactly and and so i've done that before where i've, I've built in built-ins custom and and one built-in was slightly larger than the other and then you put a light same light same, same bulb both. same everything but the temperature is not the same exactly so it's there's so many variables attached to this and you got to be careful about that and i it's a challenge for you guys you guys have a trade that when you finish your job and you turn it on, let's say if yeah. you just hit one switch and you turn everything on, it's an emotion you feel first instead of a thing that you see first. I agree. Clients and tradespeople feel the overall lighting than they do see the overall lighting. And that feeling is what either sells it or says I'm not happy and we need to change this Change now. stuff, yeah. Right? But you guys have that sales portion of it where yeah. now you have to make sure you covered your bases mm -hmm. and go listen sure i'll install everything you provided all the fixtures and then we put all this together as per the drawings but if it's not feeling the way you want it to feel it's not my responsibility you can't blame me yeah right so exactly. you got to go back and you got to absorb some of that cost right that's exactly important. exactly i had a client that had old style of pot lights right hey Baffles and everything, or yeah, it, it wasn't that old. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> no, it was. Um, how do you say with the um, MR16? Yes, bulbs, or the GU10s or, the, the or GU10s whatever. Yes, or whatever. yes, they still uh, make them. They do still. Uh, I, don't, I don't like them. I don't. Yeah. Um, but I went. It looks awful because some bulbs that they replaced, one of them is white color, the other one was uh, yellow color, and this and that. I'm like. Uh, you feel, you know. Yeah, I know. You know I know like, exactly. I can already see it and I'm feeling it and I don't <laughs> like it. I know. Exactly. I know. So I said, you know what? Um, my my job wasn't replacing those pot lights. My job was another portion. But you saw that. I saw that. I'm like, 
Uh, do you want to replace those spotlights? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'll not trying to sell you. I'm not trying to upsell <laughs> yeah, you. But this is bothering me. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly how I said it. I said, can we replace those spotlights? And the guy is uh, nice enough. He's like, how much extra is going to cost me? It's like, if you give me this project, I'll give you a discount on this, but please replace them. <laughs> you know, it bothers me. <laughs> so, and uh, it should bother you. It yeah. totally should. Yeah. And, and we end up replacing it. <laughs> so you got more work just because yeah. you spoke your mind, which is great. Yeah, like now he feels great. He goes in the basement. He's like, wow. I feel great. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. It matches the colors, right? <laughs> so, yeah. How's your, how's your relationships with the apprenticeships? How's, how, has it been easy? Are there a lot of good guys and girls out there that want to be electricians? Um, I have good relation. I, I have good experiences with um, apprentices. Because I don't know if I got lucky or something. I don't know. But... Um, I hired a guy. I, I took him out of the college, uh, skilled trades college. Okay. I, I heard it's a great place to uh, recruit. I've right? heard both sides. I don't know if it's a great place. I, I, it depends on who you're speaking with. Exactly. But so far, I had good experiences with them. Okay. A anytime I need someone to hire, I go there. You go there. I go there. Uh, you know, I see some resumes and you know you kind of read it through you, you don't know who to expect and what to expect yes but i i tell them i come you know just whoever you are just come show me what you do i'll i'll watch him a couple days and you kind of get the feeling in a couple days if he's a lazy guy if he walks like like it's interesting you're saying that because it's almost as if you're not really interested in knowing how much electrical he needs to know or has as I much as he, that. yeah, I don't care about that as what kind of a person, a trades person he's going to become. Exactly. Right. I, I like to look at it in a way that I'm hiring that person. Yes. Um, I can't teach him, teach him the uh, work ethic. I cannot teach character. him character. I cannot teach him this. I want to hire those. Electrical, I can teach him. Yes. Electrical is e easy for me to teach him, but I'm not going to, you know, I, I cannot build a character. Although he can look it up. Like you can, you can, um, if his boss or the person around, people around him, they have good character, he can become one over the time. Yes. However, there are some fundamentals that you cannot change. Um, I hire the guy. He comes in, he runs. I, you know, I give him like a joke. Jokingly, I say, oh, run. Gra grab me ladder. And he runs. <laughs> I'm like, wow, we're 2022. People are running to get me a ladder. Running's uh, for amateurs. No, you know? no, I know. It's, it was a test. You failed. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. No running on site. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so. funny. So there's a good pool out there yeah, that, that the, you've you see, experienced. You see the work ethic of that guy. You know, this guy wants to do something. He wants to do, uh, he wants to be better. He, want, he wants to get better at everything. So I like that personality, you know, because I've been that. I still are. We always learn. We always try to get better. Even though you have like 20 years in experience, I think you always learn. Of always course, come course. across things that you've never seen before. So why I want to say, oh, you look at me, I, I know stuff. No, just be humble. Uh, try to learn new things and teach. 
right? So that's all you can do. Yeah. Where, like, where do you want to take your business from here, man? Okay, my business. One of my main goals is to help the apprentices to to build better electricians. Like, yes, big company is good to have, but we have a lot of electrical, let's say, oh, electricians are, um, you know, assholes. Electricians are... Oh, there's assholes in every single trade. Are <laughs> not cleaners. They don't clean, right? Okay. Oh, yeah, and that's a big thing. A lot of, you know... Um, negativity right yes. i like to i like to work on those i like to um, make electricians uh, better you know uh, having make them have fun um you know not to worry about million years from now you know just have fun you have a great trade always people always will need electricians you're set all you know? over the world all over the world and you're set you don't have to worry about anything else you just do your job you you improve every day and then you're set for life do the best that you can that day that job and then try to improve the next one and improve the next one as long as your next day is better than the day before you're doing good yes just try to relax and have fun that's that's my culture i want to build around the company well, you gotta i've spoken to a lot of electricians and i'm gonna get pato back on the, the show as well too and he's he's it's been hard he's found some good guys uh-huh. some good you know up and coming apprentice and and but it's there's far many more that are not good i agree right? i agree and the bigger your your electrical company will get 99 percent you're gonna get a bad guys right the bigger you'll get you can't have um all good apples in one basket you're gonna have you're gonna have the good ones you're gonna have the bad ones uh it's it's a lot of it's a lot of challenge to um how do you say direct to navigate to navigate those bad ones to slowly become good you know um it, it it's a lot of hard work though uh but I, I think it's doable to the to the extent of fundamentals again. Yes, yeah. If the fundamentals are good, then you can build on them. It, it is up to the um, whoever's hiring to see that fundamentals if it is there. If it's not there, you don't want him on the on the no, thing. No. Even he's the best electrician in the world. He knows everything. Just if he's not a good person for me. Fire that it's person. not worth to have that to have to that, have that vibe to have that exactly because that vibe will infect everyone everyone exactly and nobody wants that on a job site not only electricians it will affect all the plumbers, other trades yes the, the painters you guys are always working on top of each other at exactly. certain like mechanical stage you you kind of stagger it a tiny bit but you guys cross paths with HVAC mechanical. You cross paths with plumbers. You cross paths with framers doing back blocking and all this exactly. other stuff. So it's like everybody is there. You have to get along. You all have to be on the same kind of page, right? Exactly. And I had an, a story of that. Um, I walked into a site that um, HVAC people was working. Uh, um, the supervisor and an apprentice. And me and my apprentice, we were working, right? And that supervisor was just yelling on the thing. Uh, go grab me this. 
you're useless, you're this, you're that. I'm like, dude. There's no reason to. There's no reason. You're angry, you're, you're doing, don't, you're damaging that kid. Yeah. You're damaging that kid. You're not helping, you're not making easier for those apprentices to become trained people. If us, we make ourselves better and we treat them better, not necessarily, you know, uh, spoil don't, them. Don't you baby know, them. Don't baby them. Yeah. But don't put them down, you know. Just say, okay, you did this, you did this bad thing. Try not to do it next time. Learn. Learn. Yes. We all do mistakes. Yes. Learn it. Don't do it again. If he keeps doing it, then either you fire him, you give him warning, you do this, you do that. But don't talk to him like that. Yeah, there's no reason. Yeah. So I was telling my apprentice, listen, listen, listen. We should not. If you ever see me doing this, just tell if, me. Tell me. Come to me. I, I don't want to be like that. You know what I mean? I don't want to be a supervisor or a or a, a supervise you yelling at you and doing uh, treating you like that. If I or any circumstance. If I do that to you, just come up to me. Just say that you treated me like this and this and that. We're here all adults. We're not we're not kids. We're not uh, we're not we don't have anything against each other, you know? And just say it, speak up. Whatever you feel, just speak up. I'm here to listen to you. I'm here to, you know, make you a better person. And I'm here to make myself a better person. You know, so it's true. I find that anybody who decides to get into electrical and become an electrician and go down that path, apprentice, electrician, master, they're in it for the long haul. I think the majority of people that commit to it, they're in yes. it for the long haul. And I guess it's because of the uh, the process yeah, of it. Yeah. Because it is five years of apprenticeship. Commitment. You and then three years after that to get a master. Whoever gets in, it's just like doctors, right? Yeah. You get in, you're a doctor for life. Uh, you get in electrical, you're an electrician for life. Um, I I think because of that process is long time, long term. People they want to if before they go in they they think about it being a long term. They say, okay, am I ready f to get into this? Because if I get into this, in order for me to become an electrician, is five years. Then That's three years, exactly, and then and it's that. thirty years of being an electrician, pulling yeah. wire, and running all that stuff. Exactly, and coming up with as many plumbing and HVAC jokes as you possibly can, <laughs> so you guys can attack each other, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you guys are constantly doing that. Yeah, it's it's just for me. It's, it's just all for fun. fun. Yeah, exactly. It's all yes. out of fun. Exactly. I, I totally and admit. I kind of like that. You know, I, I've just, heard the versions where the electricians are putting down the plumbers, and I've heard the same version <laughs> of the plumber putting down the electrician. <laughs> same joke, yeah. two different trades exactly but it's exactly. all done out of fun everyone exactly. respects and that's how it should be yes, yeah yes. yeah we're here for fun my <laughs> friends yeah. um I, I wanted to ask you what tool brand are you man like what I'm like, a milwaukee guy. you're a milwaukee that's what i figured man yeah. all you sparkies are all going towards red now um when i first started i think i i tried i tried dewalt because I didn't have the money to buy whatever, <laughs> and I I was using my brother's yeah, old tools. Not cheap either. No, I understand, but um, I was using a used one actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like it. I said, you know what? And once I had the money, you know, I I, I put aside some money to buy tools because they're not cheap, man. No. Uh, so I said, you know what? Let me try Milwaukee because 
everyone I see was using Milwaukee and I, I loved it since then. Now they have so many varieties of so many different tools. Every single thing has a tool now. It's, it's crazy it's now. Is it really necessary? Do you really need all those things? It makes not all of them like okay. not all of them i think it is faster sometimes to actually you do it your hand then go grab the tool from the truck and then do it and then go put it back in and then you have to have their space for it you, you as you know we truck we have trucks vans and whatever yeah, organize. We, need, we need space as space us for us is is very important yeah we can't just buy stuff oh it's a good tool let's buy it buy it buy it you end up having no space in your van you have to you have to pick and choose which one efficient. is really exactly you have to be efficient efficient exactly what are the what's uh, i'm just curious back home mm -hmm. what are the popular tool brands back home it's it's kind of it's kind when when i was there which we're talking like 11 years ago 11 12 years ago when i was there i never seen an impact driver nobody has one People just drill driver, drill driver whoever was rich had an impact who had an impact R like a regular trades people no, screwdrivers just screwdrivers screwdrivers wow yeah and the i never seen cordless never seen cordless a decade before. ago it, yeah yeah interesting exactly i never in right now how it is i don't know i don't know but uh at that point when i came here i'm like wow here's an impact driver look at this machine look at that machine and i was i was fascinated by it um like here are great tools and with imagine every screw that you you hang a box, you do it manually. How long that's going to oh, take for you? I just hurt my wrist just <laughs> thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. No so impact gun and just exactly. drive it right in. Yeah. Sometimes I just stand there and look at the construction in Canada, how efficient it is. And then people still complain about it that oh, taking us so, so long. I know. Uh, you you go in there, you see those tools are working like concrete people with their tools and heavy machines and the drilling and coring, and then the insulators with their tools and the painters, so many tools making our um, trade faster and more efficient. It's amazing for me, you know. We, a lot of countries, most of the countries I would say, they don't have those opportunities, you know. They don't have those tools. They don't have those uh, b because over there cost fortune. Yeah, it's too much. It, it might be like it might be having we we must have those tools. I'm I'm sure we have, but the thing is to get them. Not everyone can afford those, and not a, not everyone, especially export stuff, has a lot of tax on it. You can't afford it. By the time it gets there, it's it gets just there. It's just like expense. triples. Yeah, it's not worth amount. it at that point. It's not so worth you, it. I mean, with here in Canada, are we losing a little bit of the skill because we're yeah. relying a lot on the uh, tools? tools? I would. You've say seen it on Instagram. Everybody that they buy all these tools and automatically they think that they're but rock stars, right? They're perfect tradespeople. Exactly, but the thing is, the those are they skills that we had like 50 years ago is still necessary no we have to evolve construction exactly. has to so evolve so that's why now we have tools now yeah. we learn better skills maybe uh maybe the skills on with the hands will be less 
but now we have other skills that we have to develop, like like treating people, like managing go, skills. Go back to ex- go back being to human. Being human. Yeah, yeah. Well, back in the days, for them was hard with with uh, learning skills with their hands, but they were. Uh, much easier with the management skills, much relaxed, I guess. I don't know, right? But now that section of it, it's getting more difficult. The working, actually doing the work, it's getting easier. Yeah. But other associate part of it, it's getting much harder, which I think now we have to focus on learning those, right? I agree. Totally so, agree. And yeah. how much bigger do you want to get? Right here, how like I, at what point do you start realizing? Okay, this is my version of success. Um, okay, I, for me, sky's the limit. Okay, and getting bigger, not necessarily means success. Nope. Right. Uh, for for me, as long as I have good people around me, and as long as I have food on the table, and a roof above my head. I am happy already. Yeah. Right. As long as the more I get, the happier I am. But I am happy at this station already. Right. Um, so the bigger, how big I want to get is, you know, one time I said when I first came to Canada, I saw the CN Tower. I said, I want to work in there. <laughs> I want to do work in that tower. I want to. Mm-hmm. Change a light bulb. You know, <laughs> I want to do something in have there. Have you? Have you done? I have not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Okay. But uh, mm-hmm. I have done some amazing projects, which I take proud of. Um, very challenging ones. And, of course, the more you're, the longer you're in the trade, the more challenging opportunity opportunity yeah. will come. Um, so I'm very excited what is going to be unfold. In front of me so we'll see and we'll you're prepared see. for it too i am prepared for it and i am you know i'm excited and just to see if we can uh manage it you know yeah. what i mean yeah. that's the challenge for me you know you get a project oh okay this is gonna be interesting oh i like it this is a little challenging it's not like uh oh we're doing some pot lights in a house that we can do it with the eyes closed you know it's challenging i like it let me take it um so but not everybody's like that i had a i had a client one of my best clients ever mm-hmm. they sold the house that i did a lot of work for and then they they were reluctant to sell it because they didn't want to leave it but they wanted to just get another place so they bought another place and then they quickly discovered there was a lot more knob and tube in the new place and then their insurance wouldn't touch it oh yeah so they had to replace it so i spoke to one electrician asking would you be interested in tackling the knob and tube job which i'm sure you've tackled it once before or yes. even several times this is toronto we still have a bunch, a bunch of, it. of it yeah and there's a process and it's hard work and you've got to figure out it's a messy work it, it's it's very investigative work exactly right there's a there's more work than just standard running a new and wiring a brand exactly. new house i totally yeah. get it and he didn't want to do it he didn't want to do it. He wanted nothing to do with it. He, he just looked at it. It was going to be a headache, 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 headache. He didn't want to do it. So I gave it to somebody else. I actually gave it to Pato, and Pato did it, and he loved it. And he was a different mindset. It was no different than whenever I've met new trades that I want to work with. Mm-hmm. I want to see the 
their eyes light up. They're excited. They want to do it. It's a challenge. They want to figure out how to, that's what I wanted to see. And that's what I saw in Pato. And then he was like doing it. And all of a sudden he did an amazing job and the clients were very appreciative and he, and he made good money. He did a good job and he did everything legitimate, found so many problems. Of course. And like we talked about on this show so far, you find it, you own it now. Exactly. And, and, and and it's unfortunate because now my calls are going to be going to him instead of, of course. No, but what I think is because of how you are, that's how you like that guy. Yeah. You attract what you are. Um, for the other electrician, he will find people like him. And he'll stay in that safe, safe, safe area. environment. Yes. So that's how, that's how I find it, you know. Um, for me, I, I think about me being here is for a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we attract each other. It's nothing. Ha- I love nothing. stories like your story, like yeah. who you are and your mindset. We, when yeah. I first met you, we got along. Exactly. I never met you before. I never spoke to you. Exactly. No, nothing. But we just got along. Yeah. Right? Th- like this is, this is how we um, we had like as people. If you want to attract better people, first you have to be better to attract better. Yes. Right. 100%. Work work on yourself to attract better people. Right, I, I look at myself and my my previous bosses, right, and I could see how I personally evolved with the bosses I had. It's very interesting. The boss, my the first the first boss I had, he was an amazing guy, but he was lack of confident. Mm. I had a lack of confident. The next one had better confident, better whatever, and less of a nice guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I was at that point. Right, and then I learned, and I learned. I look at my bosses evolving, and I'm like, "Wow, I am evolving," in the same process. So that taught me, of, you become better, you will attract better people. Hundred percent. So that's why and I'm here right tra- now. Yeah, I know, and every person <laughs> should be like that. We got to wrap it up soon. So sorry, Angela, the, the clock went out, but I'm guessing it's ninety minutes, right? That's what I figured. So no big thing at all. I want to do these other segments I don't care about because I was enjoying the conversation oh, and just wow. talking, right? But I want to do the last segment, which is the 12 questions of construction. But I also still want to let everybody know. So Triple M Electric and it's www.triplemelectric.ca and it's uh, M-H-A-E-R. M-H-E-R. E-R, yes, at triplemelectric.ca. And on Instagram, it's triple M electric. And also, when you do get into the CN Tower and you are going to change a bulb, you better I'll post a picture. You. You're the tag <laughs> me, man. I'll tag you, Tag the construction life <laughs> and we'll get we'll get through that. All right, so let's do let's do the 12 questions. You ready for this? Sure. All right. I'm curious about these answers. What is your favorite construction word? Oh, wow. Um, a, a related to electrical. Anything, anything in construction could be electrical. I say, let there be light. <laughs> <laughs> what is your least favorite construction word? Uh, least construction word. Um, cheap. Yeah. <laughs> what turns you on in construction other than a light switch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what turns me on and, um, uh, the end result of the project. Finished project, yeah. yeah. What, what turns you off in construction? <laughs> turns me off. Like, um, negative surrounding. Yeah. 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 What's your favorite curse word? You don't have to swear. We haven't sworn that much in this one. That's it. But if you have a favorite curse word, it could be even in your language. Yeah. Yeah, I actually say, I actually say, a lot. 
Um, it's in my uh, Armenian language uh, means, you know, motherfucker. Type of thing. <laughs> Say it yeah. again. Yeah, it's Mayra Kunem. Mayra Kunem? Mayra. Mayra. Mayra means the mom. Mom. Kunem means like, you know. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what? actually, everyone learns. <laughs> Now everyone learns a little yeah, bit. Exactly. That's all that matters. Yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Vehicle? Yeah, anything in the world. doesn't have to be construction related. G-Wagon. G-Wagon has been coming up a lot. Uh, least favorite vehicle in the world? Uh, least favorite. Uh, uh, Ford Flex, I think. Ford Flex? I think those, the cube ones. I hate it, man. Are you, like, Ford Flex. Those, those. Uh, There's the Nissan Cube. Similar to that one. Oh, is it like that? Yeah, yeah. It's ugly. It's like a box. Exactly, man. It's just ugly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Every time I see it, my... <laughs> you, you cringe. You cringe. Yeah. What construction sound or noise do you love? Sound? Or noise? The noise. Um, I love, actually, the plumber's... Uh, uh, what's it called? The torch. When it turns when, on? When it turns on. Yeah, that little I like spark. It's the spark. I love that. Yeah, Even nice. the smell for that. Well, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. it. The pro <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Uh, jackhammering, I would say. Yeah, it's loud. It's, it's loud. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Attempt one day? Profession other than my own? Anything Good in the world. Question. It doesn't have to be construction. Good question. Uh, any profession, any profession. Oh, wow. I never thought of that. Um, maybe real estate. Get into real estate? Yeah, maybe. What profession would you never like to do? Uh, that's a good one. Um, maybe dentist. Yeah, staring into people's yeah, mouths. people's <laughs> mouth and the smell and the, and the cleanness as we were talking about. I know. You, can, you can't clean there in the mouth. <laughs> I can never do that. Yeah. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, wow. You did good. Job well done. Yeah. Sir. Brother, thank you very much for being on the show. It's an honor to be here, my Appreciate brother. Appreciate you being here, honestly. Always good to see you. Sharing this story. Everybody, again, please, one more time, www.triplemelectric.ca, and it's M-H-E-R at triplemelectric.ca, and on Instagram, triplemelectric. Thank you very much, Thank brother. you, sir. We are out of here. Thank you very much, Angelina. Thank you very much, All Angelina. Right. <laughs>